Superman may be great at pretty much everything, but the other heroes use their own particular skills for a reason. When it comes to medicine, there are issues that even general practitioners can't handle, so when the time comes, they will refer you to a specialist. Once we break down how referrals work, you will be able to improve your follow-up care with very simple insights. Your well-being should be about thriving instead of surviving. It's about time to empower yourself and navigate our healthcare system with ease. My name is Rishi, and this is the show, Friendly Neighborhood Patient. When any given doctor sends you to another provider, the primary intent is to get a medical opinion, get some surgical work done, or to seek some diagnostic help to support the best possible treatment for you. Picture a scenario where you're in the exam room and your primary doc advises you to get a chest x-ray and also to visit a nearby plastic surgeon for something like a complex excision. So you got two separate things going on there. This is where the handoff in your care begins. A very nice cord and line diagram made by the health tech company Amino shows the most common types of referrals. This retrospective study based on about 211 million referrals the company collected in 2016 shows that not every referral is a visit per se. A significant number of these referrals from primary doctors like internists are directed to x-rays, EKGs, and mammograms. In essence, anything ordered for a diagnostic purpose is also considered a referral. When you open this graphic on my Substack page, which you can easily find at rishinagala.substack.com, you'll notice that internists, ER docs, and pediatricians are the most common referring physicians, while radiologists, cardiologists, and dermatologists are part of the most popular group of rendering physicians. One thing patients get confused with is the slight difference between a consultation and a referral. The former mainly concerns a doctor-to-doctor -doctor conversation for an opinion, and the latter is an actual and formal transition of care. For example, your primary doc might speak with the dermatologist about a rash that you have right now just to get insight from the dermatologist on what treatment makes sense for you, but you do not actually see the dermatologist yourself. That is a consultation. When you need to physically or virtually see the dermatologist yourself on your own time for that given rash issue, that is an actual referral. There's one major concept I want to clear up first for patients. Doctor referrals go beyond just word of mouth because there are medical and legal elements that apply when you're actually getting in to see a specialist. A referral does not at all work like the sorting hat in Harry Potter that magically puts you where you need to be. As I've talked about in previous episodes, when you have an HMO or POS health plan, you need to get a referral from your PCP to get the coverage for a specialist. You don't really need to worry about this if you have a PPO or EPO plan, but you and the primary doctor referring you would need to check if a specialist would be in network for the health plan to begin with. Regardless of the health plan stuff, the actual transfer of care is a standard or coded document that comes from your PCP and insurance company, or this could also be a letter from doctor to doctor with all your necessary medical history attached. With all the info and extra steps, both of the parties assisting in your care will be able to, one, prove that your referral exists so you don't get lost between medical offices, and two, make it so the specialist can legally bill your health plan. 
To be frank, referrals get so complicated that the average clinic has a separate manager or coordinator just to handle them. Another factor to consider here is the fact that a wait time for a specialist like a cardiologist or a dermatologist can take months. That's why, if you're in a situation where you know that you need to get a particular specialist's expertise, it's a good idea to actually book earlier with your general physician, as in like book a visit ahead of time, to secure a referral in a timely manner. When the primary care office sends a referral, there's probably a limit on time or the number of appointments you can have with a specialist. Insurance companies usually mandate these durations so medical fees don't go overboard given that a specialist would for sure charge more than a primary physician for a typical visit. Thankfully, we can leave the insurance and legal side of things alone for the rest of the episode and dig more into how you and your primary doc can make a great referral just like a clean baton pass on a running track. If you've never had a referral before, it's usually a good idea to trust your PCP's medical judgment when it comes to picking a specialist. However, you should get the contact info for a specialist facility so you can research how the other office works. Basically, trust the medical opinion from your main doctor, but verify that the office you're being sent to is accessible for your situation. The two big red flags to watch for are if your primary doctor does not follow up with you to see if your referral went through, and if the specialist's office does not contact you within two or three business days of getting the referral. To nip any of these problems in the bud, I suggest asking your primary care doctor exactly what to expect for the referral in terms of urgency, visit expectations, and the content of what he or she is sending to the specialist. The American Academy of Family Physicians has an old but surprisingly still applicable template of how the elements I just mentioned all fit together. The article will be in the post on my Substack homepage again, found at, of course, rishinagala.substack.com. Some physicians are going to be very hands-on with this process. The proactive general doctor will call the specialist's or lab's office and speak with the rendering physician and, of course, provide other information about you that may be hard to define in an electronic medical record. Just think of it like this. Know how a pro football scouting report gives you all the nitty-gritty details on the opposing quarterback, but a human coach walking you through game film of the quarterback in action you're going to play against gives you even more insight that written info just can't do. If your doctor cares and advocates for you this much, you should hold them a little tighter than a winning lottery ticket. The opposite end of the spectrum is the doctor delegating the majority of the referral responsibility to you. At this stage, your PCP would send a referral letter to another office, but would give you the prescriptions, labs, or any other necessary written chart notes that you would need to hand off yourself to the specialist when you go in. The content of a specialist visit will be more focused than a traditional checkup. There are specialists who do take a holistic approach to their care, but in most cases they will address only your immediate medical priorities and PCP's main concerns. Regardless of format, make the most of the time that you have and continue to ask important questions like with a routine checkup, and of course get the written visit summary, assessment, and treatment plan after everything is taken care of. You can also check if the specialist will send notes and correspondence back to your general doctor. Your uh, 
general doctor should also make clear with the specialist whether you are going to be immediately released back under the primary office's wing or if you need to continue following up with the specialist. Naturally, this is going to vary with your current medical situation and your main doctor's preference for your care. In any case, we finally close the loop on how a typical referral works. The bottom line here is that ensuring a successful handoff of medical care happens when you get transparency and clear expectations. When the time comes for you to get referred to specialists or labs, ask your PCP what their office's exact referral process is and get the contact info for where you're being sent to. Before we finish up, there is one question that might have popped up in your mind. What if I'm a little nervous or too scared to ask my specialist any questions or even advocate for myself? This quote-unquote white coat syndrome is actually a real thing, and there are plenty of patients out there who are scared of going to a clinic at all. But coming up next, we'll talk about ways to deal with that anxiety and have an easier time face-to-face -face with your doctors no matter where you go. Stay tuned and subscribe to Friendly Neighborhood Patient for even more medical system tips and tricks. I'll catch you at the next episode.